0: Wouldn't it be neat to hear another law show from the same type of attorneys talking in the same monotone voice, saying the same old things over and over again? Ah, uh, no. This is Legacy Lawyers. On Legacy Lawyers, you get two big things. Number one, we talk about the juicy details of cases that our law firm has dealt with. Of course, changing the names and details to protect client attorney privilege. And we dive into what options the clients had to choose from to fix their situation. Number two, Number two. you get educated about how the effects of not doing planning can be devastating. Let's get into it. This is Legacy Lawyers, and here are your hosts, Michael Haslam and Nathan Croxford. Hi,
1: everyone. What's up? We got a great podcast, right, Nathan? Great podcast for you today. Has to do with a brain and. <clears throat>
2: Dead guy. Dead guy. Uh, I want estate planning. Well, you can say estate planning, but dead guy's edgier. It's probably a little irrelevant And what?
1: Who's the deceased?
2: A dead guy. I haven't (laughs) said who the dead guy is. Oh, I thought you said a name. No, I said you can say that it's about estate planning, but. If I say it's about a dead guy, it's that's edgier. Oh, edgier. It's a little bit. It's a little bit <laughs> irreverent. But I thought you said something else. I was like, well. but I, I've been known to be irreverent from time to time. That's um, true. So yeah. Um, do you want to? Let's just get the, the disclaimer out of the way. Yeah, your yeah, sure. turn for that. Okay. Thanks
1: so much for joining our podcast. This podcast, though, is for educational purposes only. Nathan and I are attorneys and we practice law. And But any of the advice we give today is general advice. And so you need to seek independent counsel for your specific situation and should not rely on what we discuss in the podcast solely in making any decisions.
2: Yeah, we're actually just doing this for... Educational and entertainment purposes, we're not actually giving any advice at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, Ed Asner. And like why he, when I said edgy, you thought I was talking about Ed Asner. It said
1: like, it said like yeah, it sounded like Ed <clears throat> mm-hmm. G's, or I don't know.
2: E- edgier Asner. Ed- edgier. edgier edge asner no edge is the mm-hmm. guitarist for you too oh um, so what's up anyway, with we're confusing it, the we're confusing people all right so the reason we're talking about Ed asner is because that venerable gentleman passed away a day or two ago um at the age of 91 years that's awesome 91 huh Yeah, he had a good long life. Um, uh, He is like an icon in the entertainment industry. Got, I think, I mean, I'm going to be honest and say that like some of this is even before my time. So, because by the time the Mary Tyler Moore show was like the first time I ever laid eyes on a Mary, Mary Tyler Moore show, it was way after it was. It was like when it was in syndication. Rerun. Oh, yes. R- rerun in syndication. But he uh, got his start on the Mary Tyler Moore Show. Um, many of our listeners will know about that show, um, and that—that that is a—I have seen some episodes of that, and it is—it was—it was a good show. Uh, but more recently, the things I know him for, and love him for, are he played santa claus in elf oh he did yeah oh i knew he looked familiar yeah and he was the uh. voice for the grandpa in the pixar movie up oh yeah you know the up house huh? that flies away with the balloons and so, I mean, he's an icon. His voice is iconic. His look, his, his face, lots of things about him. I mean, uh, just looking at um, some of the older stuff that he's been in, there's pictures of him with Don Knotts. There's pictures of him with John Wayne. I mean, pretty much any major actor that you can think of, he probably at some point did some work with. So So he passed. Yeah, he passed. And the reason we're talking about that is because at the time of his passing, um, he was involved in a lawsuit um where he was one of oh six or seven plaintiffs. And the the lawsuit, these um they're all Entertainment um, industry folks. I don't recognize any of the names. I'm sure that if I said them, some of our listeners would go, oh! <laughs> I can't believe he doesn't. Uh, other guild members Michael Bell, Raymond Harry Johnson, Sandra James Weill, David Jolliffe, Robert Clotworthy. Hmm. Thomas Cook, Deborah White, Donna Lynn Levy, as well as surviving spouse Audrey Logia. So was that Ed's surviving spouse? Anyway, those people so they, brought a lawsuit yeah. against um yeah, the health saying? plan. Uh, insurance company. Called, yeah. yeah, health insurance company. Um, it was called SAG AFTRA. Um, SAG is the Screen Actors Guild, I don't know what AFTRA is, but apparently those two organizations merged their health plans Mm. a few years ago, and in the process, that resulted in a dramatic rise in premiums, and I think some, maybe some denied coverage, like we don't pay for that anymore. Some loss of coverage. And so these actors, so they represent kind of the more elderly old guard of the Screen Actors Guild. They brought this lawsuit indicating that the plan and its trustees had um, violated federal law, um, mm. breached fiduciary duties, And that had resulted in stripped medical coverage for elderly guild members. So that got us thinking. So about a question. So now that yeah, so now that
1: Ed's gone, they don't have to worry
2: about it, right? His his part. That's that's what that's what it got us thinking about is a question that we get quite often, which is. So now that Ed's dead, his claim against. The SAG After health Fund is dead with him, right? Nope. not right. Probably not. Not almost I mean, certainly is, not.
1: I mean, this is a little unique because there's multiple parties bringing the claim. But if we just to yeah, Ed, let's say Ed was the Ed only was the only, only plaintiff.
2: plaintiff, yeah. Then, then what would happen, Mike? <laughs> the claim would be dead, right? Because he's the only plaintiff. Yeah. I mean, I could see that thought, right? Hey, he's gone.
1: So now the insurance company doesn't have to worry about being sued anymore. He passed away. Um, but no, that is not what would happen. So his estate can still bring the claim on his behalf. So.
2: His... Yes. Yeah, so you would do a substitution of party. And so Ed's attorney would file. I mean, I've done this before, substituting in back when I, early part of my career when I did some litigation. If somebody would die, you would substitute their estate in as the party bringing the claim and everything proceeds exactly the same. Yeah. So like, you can go and ask,
1: I mean, if his wife, if he survived by his wife, she would He's probably the most likely option to step in as his executor mm-hmm. she could keep continue to pursue the claim and we i where i see this come up is sometimes people are deciding whether or not to actually deal with a legal issue or kick the can down the road so i've had some people be like well let's just not rock the boat and that person will probably pass away in the next five ten years So let's just not rock the boat and then we'll deal with it after they pass away. It shouldn't be much of an issue. We can just deal with it. Then it will be easy to deal
2: with. Yeah. (laughs) I just looked this up because I'm sure I was worried that after I said this, some of our listeners would go, Oh my gosh, I cannot believe these young guys on this podcast. I don't really feel young, but I think relatively speaking, I am that they actually believe that Ed Asner was married to Audrey Loja. So no, um, Audrey Loja is surviving spouse of Robert Loja. Yeah. So so Ed does not have, well, I mean, I don't know if Ed has a surviving spouse or not, but somebody in his family, whether it's his surviving spouse, whether it's one of his kids, whether it's a professional fiduciary somebody can substitute in his estate and his attorney can continue to press the claim and ultimately if there's a recovery of damages or settlement then that money would come in and um, become part of Ed Asner's estate. It's too early to know and we may never find out but whether ed had planning you would hope that a actor in his 90s would would have that that he'd be past like the cocaine years where (laughs) (laughs) all the fame and fortune and the money's coming fast and furious and so they end up dying with nothing in place yeah Yeah. i mean I imagine he did an estate plan. You would
1: think He'll probably come
2: out. I mean, you, you got examples like Heath Ledger and. Um, Prince and. Um, Tony Shay. Tony Shay, who is not an actor, but who is a very. Well, he's famous wealthy guy. Yeah. Famous guy. Um, there's one other guy that I'm thinking of. Um, oh, Robert or uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Mm -hmm. All these people that you think they would have had plans, they didn't. Now, on the other hand, Robin Williams, who had Lewy body dementia and subsequently committed suicide because he didn't want to suffer through that, he had a trust. And we know almost nothing about how his estate's going down because he had a trust hmm. So we're going to th- I'm sure we'll find out at some point whether Ed has had a, had a trust, but it doesn't matter if he did or he didn't. There's still his estate still has the ability to bring that claim on his behalf.
1: Yep. And pursue it. Or they can withdraw. Right. They can say.
2: Yeah, they're not going to do that.
1: Not in this one. It, it wouldn't make sense because there's all the other parties pursuing mm-hmm. it. You might as well
2: just hang around and see what, how it turns out. I swear I mean maybe I'm wrong, but hey, me being wrong on a podcast, it's just more entertainment, right? If I'm wrong. (laughs) I swear there are certain types of claims that do die with the plaintiff, but I can't think of any. Oh
1: the statute there's statute limitations that still can apply. So Mm -hmm. Certain claims have to be brought in certain time frames. And that's actually the one that comes up probably the most for an estate is a wrongful death claim. So the person, the reason they're deceased is because of an accident and it was someone else's fault. And then and
2: I dealt with those all the time. That, that's the kind of litigation that I did. I was uh, I was on the defense side. And so we did catastrophic injury, defense, and wrongful death yeah. claims.
1: Yeah, so we've seen that before where after a client passes away, the question is, you know, who who has the right to bring a wrongful death claim? And that can get actually a little bit of, there can be multiple parties that have a claim, when, a wrongful death claim, not just the estate. Um, but like the the estate's the primary one. And so those can continue. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say... I would say it's, it's usually a lot easier to pursue the lawsuit when the person's living than after they pass away though, especially,
2: especially if it's like a fact intensive case, right? Like, yeah, I mean, in in a, in a prior episode, I gave an example of what happens when you're trying to litigate after a key witness has passed away. And in that case, like it hard to destroyed our case. Like we ended up needing to offer policy limits to settle a a wrongful death and a catastrophic injury case because facts came out subsequent to this um, person's death that were very damaging to the case or to our case, but we had no ability because our guy had passed away to go back and Reopen his deposition and ask him about these specific things, and and dispute that really damaging evidence. So, well, and so that's kind of the interesting
1: thing is, like, if you have like an issue that you know is going on with with um, real estate that's owned by multiple family members or some type of transfer of a business ownership. Right. And there's some dispute over the, you know, how the business ownership went down. Like, that's where I've seen sometimes people are like, well, let's not rock the boat. Let's just kind of wait till later and we'll resolve it. And it's, it's kind of risky to do that because you might lose a lot of the key.
2: Yeah. And I mean, that's just, that's just people not knowing what they don't know. Right. Like Mm -hmm. assuming, well, if they're gone, then there can't be litigation. Mm. No. Like what I'm seeing here, I just put it in a search engine. And basically, a claim survives unless, as you said, the statute of limitations is run, or there are certain cases where um, the claim dies by virtue of a statute. So there might be a few claims that are barred um, by statute, meaning there's a specific reason why that claim shouldn't continue or at least the legislature feels like it shouldn't continue so they they actually created a law that says if somebody's bringing this claim and they pass away then the claim is dead with them but the general rule is as we've said um that most claims survive
1: Mm -hmm.
2: and you should just assume probably that you should never assume that if somebody has passed away that there's that a legal claim has passed with them. It would be the exception to the rule, not the rule. Yeah, that's true. So, okay, here we go. Examples of claims. Now, this is in California, so <clears throat> take it with a grain of salt because California can be different than a lot of jurisdictions. But examples of claims that do not survive, survive death without limitation um, pre-judgment marital dissolutions invasion of privacy rights claims that seek punitive damages pain and suffering damages and emotional distress damages hmm. that's probably that's probably that's what I'm surprising. thinking of because we we would have brought motions if somebody had passed we would have brought motions again against a plaintiff or a plaintiff's estate seeking to have, the pain and suffering and the emotional distress portions of their wrongful death or injury claims dismissed as a result of them dying
1: yeah and that can make sense because some of those things you can't prove without the person being mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. and yeah continuing like a divorce case after someone's deceased doesn't make sense right yeah so so in this case they can continue and then it it works both ways though right like just because if I wanted to sue you, Nathan, and you passed away, I can still sue, but I name your estate as the defendant, right?
2: Or the talk respondent. about adding insult to injury. I'm dead. You sue me. You still sue me. Yeah, I mean, you're- Maybe being dead isn't enough for you. I mean,
1: I mean, you'd still owed me you're all go. Like you owe me all that money from the lunches I bought you, and you kept telling I'm me I'll pay it. you back. I'll pay you back. I'll pay you back added add it up over you're 20 dead. years it's you're
2: like you're disgusting that's disgusting.
1: disgusting so we got an example of this one and this is actually tony shay's state planning just is just never stops with the lawsuits <laughs> i think this is lawsuit <laughs> number five
2: maybe i don't know i mean i i think that's probably a low number probably number five that we've talked about that we yeah know, that's
1: a five that we talked about case okay, so the
2: case that keeps <laughs> the case that keeps on giving the examples. yeah i mean we're gonna we, we probably have stuff we can be talking about five years from now that's still coming out of this case out of tony Shea's death remind us who tony Shea is in case so he's the
1: founder of zappos and a big time investor and he's worth i think around
2: 800 um Million, so nearly a billionaire.
1: Million, nearly a billionaire,
2: by creating a website that sold, generally speaking, shoes.
1: Yep, selling shoes, big money. Mm -hmm. So he,
2: um, he passed away um, last year. Not everybody could make eight hundred million dollars selling shoes. I mean, this guy was like a savant Mm -hmm. type. I mean, he was like crazy talented, crazy smart, also very, very eccentric and kind of had some pretty cutting edge and or crazy ideas about business. Was considered by many to be a pioneer in like um culture workplace culture workplace culture Mm -hmm. for
1: sure so he he hired an artist to
2: make a prototype well let me read this exactly for you so here's here's a good example when i say he's eccentric um custom ceiling
1: brain prototype for a ceiling project in one of his park city homes so that's the exact verbiage um, but I'm going to share my screen with you, Nathan, because they got a picture of this thing.
2: Yeah, right. Not everybody's going to be able to see this, but I'm excited to see it. And well, Check time, out... We should release this clip.
1: Yeah, we'll try to post this yeah. on our YouTube channel. You guys should check it out um, or Google it. You can always find it on Google. So um, right there, can you see that? It's kind of small. Yeah,
2: yeah, so that was going to be that's the Oh, so it's on the ceiling and then there it is on the ceiling see he's installing it it's like with a ceiling fan in the yeah kind of kind of the ceiling fans blocking it a little bit in that beam so there's lights so that's kind of showing like parts of the brain lighting up no i think that's just uh weird lighting that's coming from all the angles
1: but maybe uh, it is.
2: Maybe. No, I think it's part of the, or it's, it's.
1: Oh, no, it is. All. It is lights in it. Yeah. Cause it's, it, you still see it when it's on the floor. The
2: lighting's still there on the floor. So. So. That's Tony the brain. died at age 46 at a house fire in Connecticut, November of 2020. That's right. Did not leave a will.
1: Did not leave a will.
2: And Oof. notably left how many thousand? A thousand or more? Oh, I don't know if it's thousands. Notes. I thought it was hundreds. Yeah,
1: definitely. Oh, there's a huge amount of sticky notes. So this is the best part. The the artist claims, you know, that based on this sticky note. And there's the sticky note. Yeah, here's the sticky note. Forty k for brain in command center. Yeah. Eleven p.m. Seven twenty-six.
2: And there's Tony's signature. Um, yeah, so (laughs) that was Tony's idea of a contract.
1: I mean, boom, I'll give you i I'll give you 40,000. You make this and now he passes away. Um, that's crazy. And now she's got to submit a claim. So this is just saying that they submitted the claim to the estate. So if the estate says, Hey,
2: we're not, allowing it but what well, would be the basis for disallowing it
1: yeah they might say that wasn't a contract or it was it was for less than forty
2: thousand it was it was a ten thousand dollar project well they put Tony puts his personal representatives which I think are his dad and his brother in a pretty d- tough spot because in my mind that post-it note is pretty persuasive in terms of what the terms were it's bare bones but they did the work. They created it and
1: executed on the contract. Did the
2: work. He can hold up the little tiny contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you
1: know, if you take over as the representative of someone's estate and you don't know what contracts they've been signing or
2: what they've been doing or or these. So you might look at that and go brain in command center. What in the world? I guess except, that house is command center. Except when they walk through the house and they look up on the ceiling and they're like. Oh, that's probably what that brain sticky notes about.
1: (laughs) Can you imagine like the puzzle? They're just they'd like read it and like, what do you think this one's for? I don't know. (laughs) Then two weeks later, they they find something in the shed and they're like, oh,
2: there it is.
1: Remember that sticky note that said five hundred
2: thousand dollars dead rat.
1: T-Rex, the T-Rex prototype.
2: T-Rex. <laughs> or the 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 dead rat that was taxidermied. Oh man. They find the mounted dead rat. That would <laughs> it went kind of morbid there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh why not? Yeah. So it's not morbid, a dead rat. Well, not a dead one, but the second you taxidermy it, it's a little.
2: Well, I'm not. That's not morbid. That's just Tony Shay eccentricities. Okay. Hey, he's a public figure, and I can say like dead rats if I want to.
1: No, that's fine. I just, I was just, I was going something more odd, like T Rex,
2: and you went. I think mine was more odd. Taxidermied. He went, pet he went rat. more. He went more. Maybe it was his pet rat. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: it's going more weird. <laughs> Let's keep going.
2: He, he had his pet rat taxidermied. Maybe they find a whole room and it's every pet he ever owned after forming Zappos. And so there's dogs, cats, rats, birds. He's got a whole room full of dead pets. Called it. The pet cemetery room.
1: <laughs> well, there'll probably be a lawsuit over that too.
2: <laughs> yeah, because that. Well, it wasn't money. spelled. It wasn't spelled like pet cemetery, like the way Stephen King spelled it in the book. Have you ever read that book? Mm-mm. That's a disturbing book. Yeah, I, I would, I, I would, I don't like things that are. Yeah, you're not. You're not into the scary stuff. That cemetery is an okay book. It's definitely creepy. Um, My all-time favorite Stephen King though, if you want a scary book, one that like I read it when I was a teenager and I had to stop reading it because I couldn't even cross the hall in the dark basement of my house to use the bathroom because I was so freaked out about Pennywise the clown Mm coming up through the drain which book was that it yet you want a scary book that one that's legit scary yeah
1: i haven't watched the movies or read the book More, nor will i
2: so okay. well then you'll just have to take my word for it but believe you taxidermy dead rat in room full of tony's dead pets i don't none of this happened you guys i'm just i'm riffing here but i think i mean if there's if we're going for any sort of entertainment value if we don't do this once in a while then yeah yeah you gotta gotta get you know and i mean the the thing about it is that tony was a strange enough guy that it's not out of the question. We still may find out that he had a pet cemetery. Room.
1: Well, the last lawsuit, right. That we talked about, I think that's where the, he said, what do you want to do? And said, go build a tree house. So
2: I mean, yeah, like that was his, he'd hired a, what was it? Con- oh yeah. So he'd hired somebody to manage his bar and build a treehouse or something. <laughs> See, so how, how out of bounds am I? I mean, I'm definitely not outside the realm of possibilities. Yeah, you could have hired people to do the weirdest stuff oh. like.
1: Oh, I guarantee like there's. I like, want
2: you. I want to hire posted, you, but I don't posted. want you to ever come to the office. Um, and I want you to try to never do anything productive. Yep. And I'll pay you half a million dollars to do that. Yeah there's some sweet, there's some sweet
1: sticky notes in there, some sweet deals. Mm-hmm. Okay, Nathan. So we learned that you can still sue someone after they, You, you're, sorry, your lawsuit can continue after you pass away. Mm-hmm. Your state can, can pursue it in most circumstances. Mm-hmm. And then we learned that also the estate can be sued for things that you did before you passed away, whether that's contracts or um, if you harmed somebody, then they can still pursue those claims. Mm-hmm.
2: Anything else we should bring up? Well, just reiterate maybe why that's applicable for our listeners. I think you did this, but I think I was not paying attention because I was talking about taxidermied rats. Yeah, I did, but yeah, go ahead and recap it. Well, no, I'm saying, can you recap? Okay. Oh, I? Because I wasn't paying attention and... And I'm going to pretend that I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the good thing is when you're in the administration part of someone's estate, whether you're, the, um, you're just one of the beneficiaries or you're the actual executor, then I think it's important to do your due diligence and see kind of what potential claims or risks are out there. I think that's one thing that people sometimes skip over and then they get surprised by a bill or something in the mail. And then the other thing is
2: just don't wait for somebody to die to. Yeah. Just wait for a problem.
1: Waiting for a problem to resolve itself is not going (laughs) to work. It's much easier. In
2: in most cases, it's going to make it more difficult, messier, more expensive, less likely to succeed
1: especially with family properties and family businesses. That's where I see people like 10 different family members own a little bit of this one property. And, and there's, you know, some people wonder if cousin Billy's trying to take it by adverse possession. Someone else is claiming that they, they have all the water. Doesn't
2: have a cousin Billy,
1: And then, um, and everyone's like, Oh, well, we'll just wait till, so and so passes, and then we'll try to deal with it then. Well, that doesn't like
2: it's like the name Golden. Like, do you have a Golden in your family? Golden, uh
0: huh.
2: I swear, everybody's got an Uncle Golden, it's an older name. Golden, I uh huh. Golden, you've never heard the name Golden, seen it once or twice. No, but no. I think our listeners are gonna be like, Oh, I have an Uncle Golden, I have an Uncle Golden. <laughs> Well, I had an Uncle Golden.
1: I'll take your word for it. I was thinking more like Cousin Billy's more common.
2: No, I think actually Uncle Goldens are way more way more common than cousin Billy. No. I did like Cousin Billy though.
1: So that's my takeaway. Is there's
2: don't more wait on the Cousin Billy's than there are Uncle Goldens.
1: <laughs> and there's more cousin Billy's
2: than Uncle Goldens. It's actually i think grammatically you'd say more cousins billy and more uncles golden Mm -hmm. if you're gonna make them plural you don't make the name plural you make the uncle or in the cousin part that would make sense
1: (laughs) this was a grammar show (laughs) all right we better Uh, in we're way down the rabbit hole
2: yeah like i'm punch drunk for some reason i don't know what's happening
1: well, it was it was his son's birthday party last night, and
2: yeah, we have eaten
1: three cupcakes. So.
2: We got down and boogied. He's, we had a we had a gaming truck for a couple hours, and then I was telling Mike this morning that like it was like it was like there was a drinking binge party that went on. it didn't happen i'm just saying it was like that because like everybody when i woke up this morning we were all everybody had fallen asleep in a different part of the house um was in their beds hardly all felt like everyone was we'd been run over by a bus there was no funny business it was for a, a, a kid that just turned 12 like it was all above board legit we had like 16 or 17 18 12 and 13 year old boys in a gaming truck for two hours there were cupcakes there was gifts but then just it got we got home and everybody just kind of crashed wherever they were and so yeah i think i i think we better end this because it could get worse
1: all right everyone well there you have it if you need a good birthday party just invite Nathan. He's a party animal.
2: Hey, I'll bring the party. You invite me, I will bring the party. All right,
1: we'll see you next
2: time. Okay, see you everybody.
0: You've been listening to Legacy Lawyers with Michael Haslam and Nathan Croxford. We give you the juicy detail of cases that our law firm has dealt with. We take out the lawyer talk and legalese and show you what options some of our clients had to choose from to fix their situation. The effects of not doing planning can be devastating. We'll be back soon, but in the meantime, hook up with us on Facebook and Instagram at Voyant Legal. Call us at 801-951-0500 or send us an email at team at voyantlegal.com. And for commonly asked questions, hit voyantlegal.com slash resources. We'll see you next time.